Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is uh, podcast number one and I'm producer Steve. The Hole in My Heart podcast exists to demonstrate how the gospel is good news for everybody, every day. Now I'm here with Matt and Lori Krieg and uh, this episode is called Getting to Know You. So uh, how about we swing this mic around and uh, let's get to know Matt and Lori Krieg. Hey, welcome. Yes, this is our very first Hole in My Heart podcast. My name is Lori Krieg. My name is Matt Krieg. And we are married. And we are super excited to be doing this and a little bit nervous. Matt, how are you feeling? More me than you, yeah. Nervous. (laughs) We'll get through it. We will get through it. But we uh, are the founders of Hole in My Heart Ministries. We're here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, my role, I'm the founder and I am the talk, the talker. And I listen to people and I write and I do stuff like exactly what you're listening to. And Matt, what is your role? I am a counselor. Yeah. And so I listen mostly (laughs) and talk to one person at a time that I can usually see. Not massive amounts of people, so just just stay with me, honey. Just just stay in my eyes. And... I'm looking at your face right now. Okay, that sounds good. And we also have in the room producer Steve. Hey, hello. <laughs> We're glad he's here as well. He'll uh, calm us down if we get a little too freaked out. <laughs> but Matt, uh, why are we doing this podcast? Why are we taking over the airspace here? I thought you were going to answer that one. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, Lori, why are we doing this podcast? Well, all right. I'll be honest with you. It was probably about a year ago that I was like, man, you know what I really think we need to do? We need to do a podcast. Matt and I were just doing dishes, um, and just chatting about the day and how we were doing. And I'm not kidding. Matt, when he starts talking, just this beautiful wisdom comes rolling off his tongue. And I'm like, Matt, you should write that down because we have a blog. And I'm like, write it down. I don't want to be the only one doing it. And he's like, uh, yeah. What are you like, hon? Um, well, I usually say, well, I just did write it down. I told you. <laughs> so, so you're going to take care of that. But. And now I know my role. I am the writer. Now, so that's a big thing is I wanted to take what we, those conversations in our kitchen, those conversations we have walking around, you know, around the giant reeds lake that we live nearby and, um, and bring them to you all. And so we wanted to take those conversations to you and we wanted to hear from you all. Um, so what, what do we talk about, Matt? What's like the biggest um, conversation that we have? I mean, typically the, the biggest conversation we have is, how weird our marriage is. <laughs> <laughs> and why is our marriage weird? But babe? also how endearing and, and wonderful <laughs> it can be. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's there's hard and there's hurt, but there's there's a lot of good. Yeah. And I mean, typically most of our conversations come back to that. Yeah. So here's the deal. We are in what is called a mixed orientation marriage. I uh, am attracted to women. And so is Matt. <laughs> and yet, Shouldn't it be called a same orientation marriage? I know. I think that same thing. Why isn't it same orientation? <laughs> so um, we, we talk about that and, and we live it out. And what another reason we wanted to do that, besides just taking those kitchen conversations to you all, is we wanted to show uh, just how the gospel is good news and how it looks and works itself out in our life, in, in our real life. There's so much shame surrounding the LGBT conversation. There's so many couples that we have met who are in our same situation, who are in small groups with people for years and years, and they never know those secret 
painful and beautiful conversations that are happening in silence. And so we wanted to take that um, and, and not necessarily normalize sin per se, but in some ways just normalize struggle in the church in submission of all of our sexuality and all of ourselves to the Lordship of Christ and, and share it with you. We also uh, wanted to get a chance to hear from you all. So we want to first, in this first episode, interview one another. So Matt's going to ask me some questions. I'm going to ask him some questions. Some of them are going to be super random and some of them maybe a little bit deep. So let's go. Take it away. So Lori, we're going to start very official here. Okay. What is your Myers-Briggs personality type? I'm so glad you asked. Because this is how I get to know people. There's like, like I don't know. Matt's like, what's the Myers-Briggs person who doesn't like Myers-Briggs tests? <laughs> He's like, that's my Myers-Briggs. <laughs> and I must be the one who likes it. So if you don't know what that is, it's a personality test with like the one with a bunch of letters. And so I'm always, when I get to know people, I'm like, what's your Myers-Briggs? What's your Enneagram? What's your spiritual gift? And what's your DISC test? Um, so my Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFJ, which is an advocate go figure. Um, and so I actually did a little like research, but it said, uh, they love to help others find their purpose in life. And they, their real passion is to get at the heart of the issue so that people do not need to be rescued at all. So that sounds a lot like me. I like to empower people with really practical help so that they, um, can find their strength and hope in Jesus. Matt Myers-Briggs. Um, I am an ISTP. Um, that is the engineering type, so I'm a big nerd. <laughs> so how'd you get to be a counselor? God. Explain that. Well, I, I feel like I'm much more gifted talking to no one. Mm. Yet God has called me to work with people. And so in my spiritual gifting, I like to figure out problems, which that's that's nice because I hear about them all day. Mm. But if it wasn't for God, I don't I don't think I would be fit to work with people on a consistent basis, but he's called me to that and Mm. find out that I I do have a passion and a care for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even though I might be a very good engineer, God has called me to engineer with people Mm. as opposed to with metal and wires. Mm. I like that. And what is your uh, Enneagram? Enneagram, these are the number ones, one through nine. You guys can go ahead and take all these tests after this and figure out who you are and you'll be good. <laughs> um, I, I, I am a nine, as, as you would call the number of perfection. Um, because, side note, I'm the ninth out of 12 kids in my family, so I have an affinity for the number nine. Thank you, honey. You're very welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a nine, I'm, and that's the peacemaker. I don't like conflict. Um, in the bad times, that means I avoid conflict, and in the good times, it means I solve conflict. Um, and what are you? I'm a four and, um, they're the ones who like are need, they're the individualist or the way Richard Rohr says it, the need to be special and unique, which is very vulnerable right now, but healthy fours, that's like not healthy fours. They're willing to reveal highly personal and potentially shameful things about themselves because they're determined to understand the truth of their experience and really help people. So 
I, I see it as people who, yeah, in, in on health, we're like, I need to be special. I need to be seen. But I think in health, if we can look inside of ourselves and like offer that as a gift to others, it's it can be a gift. Um, okay, we'll do one more really important one as far as, you know, self-discovery. What's your Patronus? <laughs> Harry Potter reference. They will abound in this podcast, <laughs> just so you know. If well, you don't like Harry Potter, just turn it off now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did say I'm a nerd. Um, yes. Also would be a Ravenclaw if Hogwarts was real. Oh, um, that's good to know. Thank you. But, what? Are you, wait, Steve, what's your house? Do you know? Are you a Harry Potter aficionado? Hufflepuff. I, I am. And, uh, You're a Hufflepuff. Well, I think sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm pretty sure I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> But I tell people, I like it. definitely Gryffindor. Definitely. <laughs> but that's just what I'm telling people. It's okay. just because you're mask. so cunning. Yeah, your mask is a Gryffindor, but inside you're straight up Slytherin. Yes. All right. I feel, I respect, <laughs> respect. All right. Sorry, Matt. What's your Patronus? Okay. Patronus, um, officially, uh, according to um, Pottermore, my Patronus is, I believe, a fox, hmm. um, which seems pretty apt. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Why? Because I'm not super assuming, not in the spotlight all the time, mm-hmm. um, but I can be a little crafty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see it. I always say Matt's like spirit animal is an owl because he's just sitting there and he's observing and then he like hoots this, these words of wisdom. <laughs> Maybe we cut that. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh I don't know. I actually don't even remember what my Patronus is, but I think my like whatever, if I had one, it'd be a tiger because it's like you, you've said that about me. Just someone bring who's, out the tiger claws. I can bring out the, what did you say? Someone who's shockingly <laughs> <laughs> vicious at no. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on to some of our relationship questions. So here we are in this mixed orientation or same orientation marriage. Um, Matt, how, oh, when did, when did we first meet? We met when we were in college. Um, we were taking a class together on spiritual formation, and I was mm. like, there's a pretty girl that drives the Pontiac vibe. <laughs> and I just, I sat behind you, but I was too terrified to really talk to you. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I was still pretty, pretty scared of girls, at least ones that I really had an interest in. Hey. So. So. Yeah. What first attracted me to you was I was writing for our newspaper at Cornerstone University, what, what, and um, I was writing a column called Get Out, which was encouraging students to get off campus. And I realized I had not asked any guys to go with me. And I was like, pretty scared of guys. And I was also in this secret same-sex relationship at the time, side note. Uh, And so I was like, who do I know? What guy do I know that's not creepy? Matt Creed. Yeah. So his first attractive uh, piece to me was that he was not creepy. Mm -hmm. But as we grew in our friendship, what I really appreciated about him, um, first of all, was that he took the stupid things I said and he made them even like he took them a mile farther. He didn't make fun of me. He like took it. He's like, let's go. Yeah. Your, your Patronus. Yes. Patronus squared. Let's go all the way there and your house. Um, And so I really appreciated that. And we fought well. Uh, which has been beneficial now in our eighth year of marriage. So when did you know you wanted to marry me? Mm, this one is, is very clear for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the summer after we met when we were playing Ultimate Frisbee mm-hmm. like three times a week with everyone, there was one moment when a friend of mine um, threw the Frisbee and in his follow-through caught you in the face. Yep. Um, Smacked me real hard right in the eye. And and so you, you kind of got a little black eye. and Big black eye. And well, let's not make it bigger than it was. Large. But, My face was gushing oh, blood everywhere. It was... <laughs> But it was it was incredible because you you know you could tell it hurt, but you just kind of tried to shake it off and you kept playing. And at that point, I was like, "Yep, I I can see myself with this person for a long time." <laughs> and uh, so that's that's the moment that I really I think it the the switch flipped, and I was interested in more than just a dating re- relationship. How have you seen? This is not a question on the list, but how have you seen that piece of my personality that like tough but like one that you know get hit in the face and I keep going how or have you seen that play out in our marriage well you're you're surprising me now um well you don't give up Hmm. very much and I I think that physical pain that you you know had from when we're playing ultimate frisbee when when you're in the point of emotional pain or emotional turmoil um which we'll get into some of that in a little bit, but you know, when I've surprised you with emotional things and hurt you, or when you've been hurt by other people, you you don't stop. Mm. You're quick to forgive, and you move on mm. without just jettisoning the relationship. Oh, thanks. Now I'm good for the day. My love tank's full. How are you guys doing? <laughs> um, do you want to ask me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's been your favorite part about our marriage? Favorite part about our marriage. I just love the like side by side camaraderie. I'm going to give you guys a shred of insight into just how the mixed orientation, same orientation, whatever you want to call it, marriage kind of works. So um, it was probably a couple years ago when we had moved back from California, we were starting the ministry and we were watching a show uh, together and there was an attractive woman on it. And I, look away and I, um, you looked away and then we both like caught each other's eye. And in that moment, I was really like, um, wrestling with shame and just feeling like, ah, why isn't this gone? Like, man, like seven, eight years married. And, you know, I just wrestled with so much shame and you're like, Lori, why, why is my wrestling with lust like worse than yours. And, and you just, I don't know, just like that side by side, just like in my depths of like wrestling with shame, you meet me there. It's the same sort of like, when I say something stupid, you say something stupider. It's like when I feel so much shame, (laughs) you're welcome. More stupider, the stupidest (laughs) nailed it. Dumb and dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you like meet me there and you're like me too. Like you never let me um, just live in self-hatred and shame. And that was just such a powerful moment to just be seen and just to be cared for and just accept you're like, no, like here you are. Yes. Let's just recognize it. Let's not judge yourself and let's turn our eyes back to Jesus. And I don't know, it was just so, so powerful. So what is um, one thing that you might change about our marriage? There's that. So one thing I guess I would change is the fact that you are a words person. (laughs) um, And I am a time spent slash physical touch person. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's been, there's been friction there. 
Yeah. Um, and so I wish I was better at words and, and that you were better at the physical touch where you just be like leaning against me. I guess I shouldn't lean away from the microphone as I'm saying that. <laughs> you know, where you might just be leaning against me and just like the comfortable physical proximity as a, as opposed to, you know, where it's like pushing ourselves to meet each other's primaries. Yeah. And what you're referring to right now is love languages. So this kind of goes back to our, what's your breakdown? What's your personality breakdown? And so for you, it's more physical touch. And for me, it's more words and, um, Starbucks. That's my other love language. (laughs) Whenever Matt comes home, he's like, take, take the keys. I got the girls, uh, which is our daughters. And, um, you, you go and that just rejuvenates me. I get that. I can see that. All right, let's let's level it out. Let's let's pull up a little bit and go to some random questions. We're just going to do like back and forth real quick, okay. getting to know you. What do you like to read for fun? Nerd books, um, science fiction, fantasy, mostly anything to do with Star Wars or the Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter style <laughs> stuff. If there's magic and dragons, I'm usually down for it. Um, <laughs> what about you? Uh, you actually got me into a nerd series and I didn't realize I was into it until like Mm. three books in. And then you're like, you know, this is like fiction fantasy. And I was like, no, no, I crossed over. So I usually read like, you know, serious nonfiction, but, um, yeah, I've actually enjoyed What's it called? What's the series I'm reading called? The King's Fountain. The King's Fountain series. It's a good one. Okay. What was your favorite song from high school? Um, well, this one is, is going to be. Definitely Linkin Park. Um, there was the from the Meteora CD, the Meteora album, um, Breaking the Habit. Nice. That was that was my my go to song for a long time in high school, which is sad because I just found out recently that their the lead singer Chester oh, passed yeah. away, which I was kind of kind of sad about. Really sad. But um, what about you? What was what was the song to define your high school experience? No Scrubs by Destiny's Child. <laughs> no, I really did like any. Wasn't that TLC? Oh, maybe it was TLC. I <laughs> whoops. So it was so my favorite. Um, nailed it. I did like a lot of Destiny's Child, but I also like TLC. Steve, favorite from high school? Uh, well, okay. So then we're talking like Journey. There you go. Solid. Leopard and like Van Halen. There was the Van Halen Van Hagar transition. Oh snap! That happened for me in high school. So, okay. Yeah, we're talking mid '80s. Okay. Yeah. But so to narrow it down to one song. Yeah. Ugh. No. Yeah, that's tough. Don I, Henley. Yes. <laughs> Boys of the Summer. Boys of Summer. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about because you would I know the Atari's like, version. Adventures in Odyssey and Down Gilead Lane. Yeah. Hey. hey. So side note of side notes of side notes that we've done is I was a voice on the stepchild of Adventures in Odyssey. It's not it exactly. Was, it was we, good. Can we call it a poor man's Adventures in Odyssey? <laughs> the poor man's Adventures. It was still good. We had great yes. writing, great producing. We had so Very much good. fun. But I was a character on there and Steve was a producer and also a voice on there from time to time from time to time and so matt also made his debut with mm, one my radio line. my illustrious radio career as college student number three <laughs> i think we called you in after hey. some other one didn't show up <laughs> you nailed it though hey 
Okay, next fast movie. What is your favorite Pixar film? <sighs> Tangled is straight up Disney, isn't it? That's not Pixar. I don't know. Yeah, that's Disney. Okay. Um, favorite Pixar film? Oh, man, there's so many good ones. It would probably be either Up or Wally. I really liked Wally. Mm -hmm. It's a very lo lovable character that didn't talk much. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. I know what yours is not. What? Yours is not Finding Nemo. Is that Pixar? Yeah. No, I got to be honest. I don't like Finding Nemo. And this might be the most controversial thing I say on here. I don't like Finding Nemo. Because everyone loves Finding Nemo. And I am a four on the Enneagram. And I can't handle what everyone else likes. So I was like, oh, man, the 10 hundredth person who's like, I just love Finding Nemo. I'm like, no, stop. Okay, here's an off the page. Favorite Harry Potter character, least favorite Harry Potter character. Okay. Well, I, uh, speaking of controversy, this is... This is probably going to do it. Um, my favorite Harry Potter character was probably Neville. Mm -hmm. Neville I, Longbottom. He I, I really liked Neville. He, yeah. uh, you know, stayed in the shadows for a while, but mm -hmm. then that seventh book, he he shined. Yep. Um, shown is shined. <laughs> um, Harry Potter character I didn't like. I was always really annoyed by Dobby. Yeah. Um, Dobby. I, I was not a fan of the house elf saga. Yeah, I feel you. My favorite, I love Hermione with the hair and That's the brains and the, I know, I just have to. Anyway, who I did not like, and again, more controversial, we'll probably get a lot of letters about this. I did not like Hagrid. Hagrid, I know he's supposed to be the lovable like guy, but I was like, he was such a bad teacher and it annoyed mm -hmm. me so much. I'm like, yeah. the kids just want to learn magic, dude. Stop bringing this blast into scroots. <laughs> Okay, so for the last couple of minutes here, we wanted to ask one serious question in this middle of this. But Matt asked me a couple of weeks ago, he's like, something I've been thinking about is we talk about what it means to be deep. He's like, often when you say I'm a, like someone is a really deep person, you know, people say that about me, it's often related to sadness. And so if you're deep, you're talking about things that are serious and sad. And what you asked me was, is it possible to be deeply joyful? Is it possible to like know the depths of joy? And I don't even know the answer to that. And so perhaps, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on it, but I'd love to actually pose that to the listeners is, is it possible? What's it mean to be deep? And is it possible to be deeply joyful? What do you think, hon? Um, well, I, I do think that there, I have to imagine that there's, there's something that's like a, a deep, enjoyment, deep joy. Um, I don't think that depth is innately a negative thing. Mm. Although I do think that going through hard times tends to foster a sense of depth in, in you. Can you explain to me what you have done? Um, you've, you've encouraged me to do, and you've done this with clients is like, because I, I can meditate on and think about the dark things. And like I, Matt jokes that everyone, most people walk around the earth with a snorkel, a metaphorical snorkel. And I walk around with a scuba suit. Like, I'm just ready to be like, okay, what's the depths of your soul? What's going on? Let's go, go, go. And you're like, you know, not everyone's like that, right? <laughs> um, so I am like that, but you really encouraged me. Um, and I just, if you could share that, that'd be sweet. But just like how, I could stop like just thinking about the depths of pain in, in what you focus on to even like adjust your brain. So yeah, with our, our, I mean, our brain's incredible. Um, it's 
what's called neuroplastic, the things that that you ruminate on, the things that you think about are, are going to lend themselves to be thought about more. Um, it, it's kind of like if you walk the same path in your yard, the grass gets worn down and you get a bare patch. Your brain's the same way. If you constantly think about the same types of things, that path of going to that same place is going to become easier and easier. And so I've encouraged a lot of my clients, you know, to look back, especially like at the end of each day or at the end of each week and, and pick something that's happened that's that was an extremely positive encounter or event. And and rather than just sitting and focusing on the, well, what could I have done differently in these negative places, you know, or worrying about what will come in the future, like to really sit and meditate and dwell in these places of, of positive occurrences that happen in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you do that, it's going to be more your brain is going to train itself to to pick out those positive experiences mm-hmm. more readily. Um, and that path will get easier to walk. How I've seen that practice come into our marriage, <clears throat> for example, so we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old, so our life's real not busy. Uh, but when Matt comes home, it's my tendency when he gets home from work or I get home from work to like focus on like why the house is a tornado and every single terrible thing that happened during the day. But what we've like... Like intentionally, again, my default is like trauma, pain, sex trafficking. Let's talk about the weight of the world and all the pain of my day. But you we are make sadness it, from inside out. Yes, she is my real Patronus. Uh, so instead, he gets home and I'm like, here, I, I literally catch my sentences. I'm like, bad, bad, bad. And then I'm like, no, this is what she did. This was something cute that she did. And I feel it like now that we're like, two months into this like I feel it like rewiring my brain to start looking for the good so even when we went on a vacation last week and a lot of it was really hard traveling with babies is hard I was like nope there were 15 good minutes where the sun was shining let's talk about that um so I really appreciate that and I I don't I'd have to get a brain scan to see if it's actually changing my brain but I really appreciate that Um, So that is what we're going to leave with you all today is we're going to ask you that question. Is it possible to be deep and deeply joyful? And if you see that in your life, like, how does that look? What does deep joy look like in your life? Um, Also wanted to highlight a couple other things. So Hole in My Heart Ministries is sponsoring a conference this fall that we'd love for y'all to come to. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, even though I just said y'all and I sound like I'm from the South, but I'm not. But it's on November 11, 11, 11. And we'd love to see you guys there. Um, We're just answering the question, how? If this historic Christian biblical sexual ethic, one man, one woman for life is God's design, how do we love our neighbors well? How do we care well for people? Um, And so that's what we want to answer. Also, if you have any questions or if you want to reach out to us, like for counseling or just, hey, what's up? You can reach out to us. You can go to caringwell.org. You can find some ways to contact us. Or if you have uh, an answer to that question about what's it mean to be deeply joyful, visit himhministries.com. And you can email us at podcast at himhministries.com. So thanks so much for all of us at Hole in My Heart Ministries. Thanks so much for listening and bye. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. Until next time, we hope you see in your life how the gospel is good news for everybody every day.